Welcome to Sales Velocity TV, where we pull back the curtain on how the top businesses in the world sell more with less resistance. Bringing over 50 plus years of combined sales experience and over 100 million in revenue generated, please welcome the hosts of Sales Velocity TV and two incredibly entertaining gentlemen, Andrew Cass and Aaron Parkinson. Aaron, when you were growing up as a kid, did your parents ever tell you, watch your language, young man? Yes, often. Often. You, I can tell, man, you are an out, you and I are outspoken guys. So we probably got that a lot. And that's what we're bringing you here today, folks, is a very different twist on Sales Velocity TV. But why is it relevant to the show? Because salesmanship and selling and business growth is all about crafting the right language to attract. But we're going to dig into... Some of the concerns I have today about how language is being used to divide, not attract. It can be used to attract or divide, right? Language is, words are like weapons I once read. I forget where. Words are like weapons, right? They can be used for good or they can be used for bad. We're seeing them. We're seeing misuse and abuse, the title of the show today, of language at a very high level, which as business owners and entrepreneurs, you need to be aware of and on the lookout for because ultimately that can trickle into your business and affect your mindset and your productivity. And that's what we're going to talk about here today is the use, misuse, and abuse of language, and it's coming straight from the top. Aaron, you're not in America. You're a Canadian. So I'm going to be speaking from an American perspective, but Canada might be a worse shit show than America at this point, or they're close, or they're, or they're combined, buddy, but I'll let you... Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's a disaster up there right now. Yeah. And, and most of my friends and family that are living there right now are asking themselves, how did we get to this spot? Get here, right? How did we, how did get, we get here? Well, we're going to we get about, out of here. Yeah, we're <laughs> going to talk about that here today. And I'm going to start off with, you know, really a statement. And it's, and it's as a whole, as a society, we really need to speak clear, honestly, and accurately, right? This distortion of language is a huge, huge problem today. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to start off by, by giving a nice little stern little warning here to uh, folks that may easily be offended. What's that thing they do in movies when it's rated R, Aaron? Parental discretion is advised. It comes across the screen. So sure. I would respectfully tell you that parental discretion is advised. Um, I'm probably going to go off on some tangents today. I'm, I'm rather frustrated as a business owner and an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm frustrated with the insane amounts of government overreach and the changing of language as a way to get to get to where they want to go. Uh, and I would probably add this. If you're easily offended... <laughs> <laughs> There's a high probability that you will not succeed in business anyway. So if you're yes, offended, you true. should probably address that issue first before any other issues in your business because it is a it is a serious detriment to your success. Yeah. It, the, the biggest lesson that I want to come back to and come around on here, Aaron, is um, you got to stay – you have to stay like emotionally unattached. Yep. Right? Like you can't get too political. You can't get too far right. You can't get too far left. You can't get too high. You can't get too low said this before my, my football coach in college, just, he always nailed, this was his language. He always nailed this into our heads every single day at the end of practice. He would say, guys, no peaks, no valleys, no big highs, no big lows, stay in the middle, stay unemotional, right? That was his big thing. No peaks, no valleys, right? No peaks, no valleys. So, cause guys would get emotional or guys would get really down, but he, he was, he was, did a good job of keeping, keeping things in the middle. And I think to stay level-headed and intelligent and aware of what's going on as a business owner, sales professional, and entrepreneur watching this, you need to stay in the middle as well. You need to be as, as non-judgmental as you can 
as open-minded as possible and have the ability to really dig deep and think critically and make decisions for yourself based on what's coming at you because there's a lot coming at you. And the first one that really bothers me from a political standpoint more than anything, Aaron, that I want to start with today um, is this massive, massive multi-billion dollar bill that just got passed in the United States that, by the way, affects everybody because it's taxpayer dollars. Mm -hmm. And they actually had the audacity. You might not know this because you're not an American. I, I, I read all of it. The Inflation Reduction Act for a bill that I'm all for environmental improvements. I'm all for infrastructure improvements. I'm all for lowering the cost of pharmaceutical drugs for the elderly. Like those things were in the bill. But when you start slipping in things like we're going to add a billion plus to the IRS for more oversight, when you're going to add almost 100,000 new IRS agents, a.k.a. to spy on business owners in most cases, right? Then tell me how all of that reduces inflation. It absolutely does not, not any day of the week and not even twice on Sunday. There is no inflation reduction in any of that. But calling it that, what does it do? It speaks to the biggest concern people have right now today, which is inflation. So as a copywriting student, we were always told you want to enter the conversation already taken place in the prospect's mind. That is so a, from that perspective, that, that, it, that it, well done, well, but use and abuse, right? right. So well done is, is you, you read my mind. So they actually did the oldest, most reliable copywriting technique of all, which is try to enter the conversation already taking place in the prospect's mind. Everybody's thinking about inflation, more costs. So they did that, but they lied. It's not going to reduce inflation. In fact, spending more money only increases inflation. That is economics 101. So that distortion and misuse of language, that's that for people who understand economics, that's division. Because it pisses me off as a business owner when I look into the bill and I read what's going on. And as somebody who's a business owner, when I see IRS overreach in more regulation in more government trying to get involved in your life, you as a business owner watching this or a sales professional should be concerned about that because that will eventually trickle into your day-to-day. -day. And that that's, that is really damaging, man. I always say languages can be used to attract or divide. And, and that's that's division language. And I'm, I'm going to start with that because it, it's, it's, I'm still kind of pissed off about it. Well, I, I just laughed when I saw it because I, I I just cut things to the to to the chase as quickly as I can. I went, hold on a second. Inflation's here because you printed too much money. Your solution to solving inflation is that you're going to spend even more money on a bill, right? I'm like my head's bobbling. Listen, the, the, like, the irony of that is hilarious um, and makes no sense but from Aaron, an economic the, the, standpoint the at all. Stop printing money. The, that's how you that, that's how you solve the problem. But the insult of the intelligence of the American people is what I come back to. Like, did you really think someone like, cause there are people that buy this. They're buying, oh great, we're gonna reduce inflation. No, you're not. It's it's mathematically impossible. Get reduced inflation by spending more. I mean, let's be real. If you're gonna cut some costs in certain areas, that's great, but that's not reducing inflation. That's cutting costs in certain areas. Say it right. for what it is. So it's really, it's really uh, unbelievable. Um, to piggyback off that, staying with, with you know, how this affects business owners is recession, right? A recession historically has always been two quarters of negative growth, which has been achieved here in the U.S. That's not something we're proud of, but, you know, at some point this happens with, with there's normal There's normal corrections in yeah, markets and economies. It's probably going to be a, a light one, but the government is changing the meaning of it and walking it back right now. And they've even changed... 
I have a research team and I like to look into stuff deeper. I like to I like to I like to pay teams to research things that don't have any political game that like they're not Republicans or Democrats. They're not in a conflict of interest environment where like they're being funded by big pharma or something like that. They're just straight up researchers. And they actually changed the meaning of recession on Wikipedia. I mean, I thought that, I thought Aaron, that I'm not, this is you can't make this stuff up. They did, by the way, during the COVID crisis, the who changed the meaning of vaccination, which I'm going to get to in a minute. Yeah, that was convenient. Uh, but I mean, the, the, they changed the definition of herd immunity, I should say. But staying focused here, it, just call it for what it is. Don't like don't mislead and misdirect the American people to make them not want to be upset that there's a recession. Listen, there is a recession. We're going to tackle it. Here's our plan. This has historically happened many times in U.S. history. This is normally how we get out of it. Here's what we're going to do. We're, we're, we got your back. Like, don't lie and change meetings and change words. That's what communists do. I mean, com- communism changes history and changes language, which people go, I, I oh, my God, don't say I, that. I it's America. No, no. In Venezuela and in North Korea and in China, these are well-known communist nations, Aaron, as you know. They are notorious for changing the meaning of things distorting and changing language, and even erasing history. We're seeing all of these elements happening right now. You can only pretend it isn't happening for so long, but before you recognize and go, well, how do I, how do I, how do I, how do I deal with it, right? It's really what we're after here today. How do I deal with it? Yeah, I, but I that's thought it was amazing, very man. entertaining to watch um, them deny that there was a recession when the definition of recession is very black and white. And the reason that it was denied is because there was this huge job growth spurt but at the same unrelated. time, and they said, well, there can't be a recession if there's a job growth. No, no, no. the definition way. is the definition. What you say is you come out and you say, yes, we're in a recession, but on the bright side, we've had this massive surge in hiring, which means this is probably going to be very short-lived and we are very optimistic about the future. You don't change the definition. Really well said right there. You just said it how a true, authentic leader says it. You recognize it for what it is. You don't distort it or change it and insult the intelligence of the American people. And you talk about, here are the bright sides of it. But you can't say it isn't. I mean, is that is that the meaning of gaslighting, saying something isn't happening that is happening? I think it is, right? It's like well, when something's a definition, it's actually just called lying. <laughs> OK, I'm getting too technical with gaslighting, but it's really <laughs> concerning. I mean, this is coming straight from the top. This is the U.S. government. I mean, listen, folks. However you, you know, whatever side of the, the aisle that you fall on, you can't be too attached to the right or too attached to the left. You got to just seek truth and transparency. And right now there's a whole lot of not, there, there's, there's not a whole lot of truth and transparency coming from the top. And the big one that I'm going to tackle right now, because this is one that, that I have, you know, this is really near and dear to me is, and this, well, I don't even know why I'm saying this. This might offend people. For what reason? Wouldn't you just want the truth? I know for a fact from deep due diligence research that when they launched the COVID-19 vaccine, which isn't a vaccine, by the way. No, because they, they changed that definition. They called, too. They, this, is, this is Anthony Fauci. I mean, you, can, you, you can't make this up. He said when we launch, this is gene therapy. It's, it's medicine. Doesn't mean it's wrong or bad. It doesn't mean it might not help some people, but it, it's gene therapy. And they said when we launch this new gene therapy, we're going to call it a vaccine because generally speaking the world is familiar with and mm-hmm. trusts vaccines because they've been around for hundreds of years, I think. So we're going to call this the COVID-19 vaccine, even though it does not have one characteristics of a vaccine. First and foremost, a vaccine stops infection and stops transmission, and there's almost no breakthrough cases. And as we now see a year, year and a half later, pretty much everybody that took the vaccine has gotten COVID. 
Some have had really bad cases. Some have had light cases. So the whole argument that, oh, it helped me have a lighter case is irrelevant because that was never the point. The point was stop infection and stop transmission. But again, when you use, misuse, and distort language, you get a different outcome. Because when you decided to lie, stop infection, stop transmission, which was said right from the White House, by the way, and it didn't do those things for most people, and it wears off in six months, you have now got caught in the lie. And what puzzles me the most is that people actually still think the lie wasn't the lie. But yet, those are the facts. You have to earn the title of vaccine. You don't get to declare you're a vaccine. Your medicine earns vaccine status by stopping infection and by stopping transmission and by having the durability that you don't need more and more and more and more over time. You earn it. You don't declare it. Yeah, it's that's it's, it, 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 it's, it's the equivalent of saying... I'd be a little bit concerned if I had to get 10 shots for polio. Aaron, could you imagine <laughs> if the messaging was this? Okay, we've got a new COVID-19 vaccine and we think it can help you guys, but we're just letting you know right now, you most likely can still catch it and there's a good chance you can spread it. But if you catch it, you're probably going to have a less intense case. Go get, yeah. him, Go get him, Tiger. Nobody would take it. They'd be like, what's the point? Well, that's and that's the problem is then nobody would take it. Nobody gets paid and it doesn't look like there's been an aggressive enough stance in response by the government instead of just telling the truth and giving people their own decision and giving that, them options, by the way, and giving them options. And and it's funny that they called it they called it a vaccine because it's kind of close to a vaccine ish. What? Because it's, it's literally like it's, it's literally like me starting a car lot where I live and selling Fords and telling everybody that they're Ferraris. <laughs> it's not kind of like that. It is like that, buddy. That's the thing. It right? has four wheels. It has windows. It has an engine. It's what a do Ferrari. you mean? It works. It's a Ferrari. Who no, cares it's a, if I it's said a, it was a Ferrari? It's a Ford. You're here now. Buy it. What are you talking about, man? Bait and switch, right? It says Ford on it, though. Vintage no, it's, bait it's and a switch. Ferrari. Vintage bait and switch. <laughs> I mean, so so... You know, that was from the beginning. So again, it doesn't matter what political side you're on. That happened under Trump. Okay. And I'll, I'll, I'll under both of them because people love to like pivot this into like Republican right wing when it's just, that's just your cognitive dissonance. It's happened under both sides. You're uncomfortable, right? But let's, let's, let's talk about the two things under Trump. Number one, that's under Trump that the vaccine even was allowed to be called a vaccine. And secondly, they called it warp speed. There is no such thing, Aaron, in the history of medicine as the words vaccine and speed being in the same sentence because vaccines notoriously have to go through rigorous clinical trials that mm -hmm. take years, not hours. So the fact that under Trump, you're calling this thing warp speed in a vaccine, those are blatant lies from the Trump administration. 100%. So if you want to make it political, you fail again because that's under Trump. Now, if we look at under Biden, all of the pressuring and the bullying and the threats and the blackmailing of losing jobs... That's under this administration. So don't, forget the, don't forget the bribing. You got distortion of you got distortion of language under one administration. So don't make it political. That's that's on you, not not us here. And then under this one, you got the bullying of of pushing it down people's throats without the data to support doing that. Can we talk about can we talk about the bribing to to I, I, bribing people to show up and get vaccines? That was my favorite part. I, but to, this is medicine that's never been tested on humans. I mean, we're talking about emergency use authorization only medication. I mean, you can, I try to laugh, man, but it really does bother me. It really does bother me. But this, this languaging and this posturing and positioning 
And again, it's funding, man. This is what people don't know. This is a business model. People get all uptight. I'm like, do you understand? All you need to do is follow the money. You don't need, yep. to, you don't need to listen to me or Aaron. You don't need to listen to Republican or Democrat. All you need to do is go, okay, of the people saying this, are they paid and are there conflicts of interest? And it's black and white. So when somebody, a doctor, for example, like a Dr. Malone comes to mind, who's a very well-recognized uh, part of the, 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 the design and um, scientific team that created the mRNA technology, when somebody like that speaks out and has concern and they get censored and they're not making a nickel to talk, I'd rather listen to the person not being paid to talk than the, than the, the, the public health agency saying, this is generally safe. There's no other way to do this. You need to do this right now. And then I watch $60 billion in revenue come down the tube. Like, what, where is your allegiance to truth or to conflicts? It's crazy to me. It's crazy to me. Now, last thing I'll say on this topic, Aaron, is I'm not even language. I'm not even giving the, I'm not even using the term pandemic anymore, personally. I'm not giving them the satisfaction because in my view, based on hours and hundreds of hours of research, there is no pandemic. There, there would never have been a pandemic if you allowed doctors to treat patients early with proven long-term antiviral protocols that have been in existence for hundreds of years in the U.S. that all works completely invalidated and censored from the conversation to make way for the vaccine. What a lot of people don't know, this is very important. And then I'll get off my soapbox on this topic because I know you're already getting tired of me talking about this. I can already see it. Um, <laughs> is you can't get emergency use authorization for a vaccine vaccine if there are any FDA-approved medications in circulation that are shown to increase the that are shown to decrease viral load and could could work against COVID nineteen. By the way, there are three. I used one of them and it was phenomenal. Um, they were all banned from the conversation. They were all invalidated. And there were studies created to make them look like crap. You, you, they had to do that to get the $60, $100 billion payday. This is fact. I have no... Horse, I have horse no, dewormer. Aaron, I have no, there's, I, there's no incentive for me to say this, but, to, but to, to tell listeners here that you've got to be hyper careful of how language is being used against you or for you from the highest level because it will affect every single area of your life. That is a factual comment. That is that if you ever, ever spoke to the public health agencies or tried to have a conversation with them, asked them that they would run scared like a deer in headlights. You cannot get emergency use authorization on a vaccine if there are any other medications that are shown to work against the coronavirus. And there are there are many. My medical team gave me one. I didn't get COVID. I think I might have had it. I told you that I I, I might have had some symptoms and I had a, a, an at home antigen test that went positive on me, but I had no symptoms and I was like down for a couple hours. It was really a, a really outstanding, um, I guess, result of, of getting it. But I took a five-day supply of a prophylactic that's been around for 60 years. And I had literally, I was at the gym in two days and I was at work the next day because I just took an antiviral medication because that's how it works when you get sick. You go to your doctor and you take a medication. You don't get pigeonholed into these crazy you know, vaccine rabbit holes like we're talking about right here. But that's that was the distortion of language and the behavior that followed it is something that I don't know that we can recover from, man. It, it concerns me on so many levels and it spills into business and politics and it shouldn't. Well, on that particular note, I'm actually more concerned about what are the ramifications of all of this irrational behavior or focused effort to make money. I think it was actually a combination of the two, depending on the timeline you look at, because what happens now when something truly 
lethal, which this never was mathematically. And you can argue that with me if you want. And I realize that people die. I, I realize people die. People die of things every day. But we're talking about truly lethal to the masses. Right, right. What happens when something truly lethal to the masses comes out now and they want to lock people down and they want them to get take vaccines? You've now the whole world has now said, I'm not playing that game again. Uh, the boy who cried wolf, I'm not listening. That might be the bigger issue on the backside of this is now the trust is gone. Oh, Andrew, I don't hear your audio. Um, can you see my screen? <laughs> I can see your screen. I just couldn't hear your audio. Yeah, sorry. So great point. And, and I'm bringing the screen up if you're watching live. This is the CDC director basically recognizing that our pandemic response fell short. This is a gentle, light way of saying we fucked up. Yep. Big time. For, to, for all the reasons you mentioned, Aaron. this was generally a coronavirus that was affecting the obese and the elderly to the tune of that was basically 97% of, of, of hospitalizations. Maybe that's not the right number, but it's in the 90s. If you took all of the math and you said, who's really having the worst outcome? It's elderly and it's obese and obviously pre-existing conditions. That's That puts you close to 100%. And then you had people that really just, you know, they, their bodies dealt with it the way they should. They didn't need invasive experimental medication for the most part. Um, you know, people who are, who are generally healthy. But look at this right here. This in the real world, Aaron, and this is really important, is this is an investigation being launched. This is heads rolling. This is firings. And this is accountability. But under this administration, the more incompetent you are, the more job security you have, which is puzzling. Puzzling. I, can you put that screen back up for I one second? I can. Yeah, it's, it's, this is a, this is I just, gentle, I just want to point out gentle the, media. This should be an I just want to point out the. I want to point out the very sexy banner ad on CNBC on the right-hand side of your screen Look for Pipeline that. Pro. Yeah, did you? Is that what you were looking at? Yep. That's a pipeline. <laughs> By the way, Pipeline Pro. Wait, we're good advertisers, right? Pipeline Pro powers the Sales Velocity TV show. And hey, look at that language, triple your sales conversions with Pipeline Pro. That's pretty cool. We're going to come back to that, by the way. But look at this right here, Aaron. You know, I want to talk a little bit about virtue signaling. It's two and a half years later. I'm assuming this picture, maybe it's old. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. There's never been a shred of evidence that masks work. If you feel like it could help you to, to, to protect you from a little bit of viral load, awesome for you. But there's still to this day, not one shred of evidence that masks stop viral load. There's not one. So with, with like, when you try to like, like the, the president goes to the White House and like walks to the podium with a mask on, like it, we're, we're, we're pushing three years here. You're on six boosters, 17 antivirals, and you've had COVID for like a month. You're a nightmare. You've done everything wrong. <laughs> everything that they've recommended from the top is a shit show. I didn't deal with any of it, and I had a phenomenal outcome. I outperformed all of them, which is embarrassing to say. So, like, like, what's with the virtue signaling, man? Right? Like, that's another thing I want to talk about right now is this virtue signaling, right? Where, like, you're trying to, like, be someone you're not. So here's the defini definition of virtue signaling. Actions and statements motivated by a desire for social status and self-satisfaction and the biggie, political gain. Happening all around us. That example right there, wearing a mask two and a half years later with four vaccines in you to show up at the podium. Who are you kidding? Who are you kidding? Like, seriously, when are you going to just take it off? What, do you not trust the medicine that you've been shoving down people's throats that you feel you need a mask? What's going on here? It's all theater, unfortunately. Theater. So our governor in Florida, love, love Ron DeSantis because he stood up to all of this tyranny. He goes, um, COVID theater has ended in Florida. 
<laughs> and he said it, but he said, listen, my kids were back in school in October of 2020 with no issues. This is Florida. He's, he's parental choice, which every, that's American, man. That isn't Republican and Democrat. That's American. This is parents and kids. It's parental choice. October of 2020, my kids were back in school, ready to go. They have not left the school program since. My wife is from Peru. She told me that the kids in Peru have never been back to school. Aaron, never. That's, that's insane. They went back to school like like today, like this, like now, from a 2020 coronavirus that, by the way, never affected kids so language again. Um, there's never been data that suggested kids under 18 were in a pandemic. There's not one piece of supporting data that shows kids under 18 are in a pandemic by definition. It's 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 madness. Why are we talking about this? Why am I going off on a tangent right here? Because if you allow this language to slip, you allow all language to slip. If you allow this to happen, you allow that to happen, right? There's no being half pregnant. If you're not aware of all of the language and the forces around you, they will slip into your business life and your personal life. And sometimes they, they could be unrecoverable, right? They could be unrecoverable. So you've got to be hyper aware of this. That's what we're talking about here today. So a little bit of a tangent, but hopefully a lesson. Well, and, and I was talking to my son about this the other day, and, and I don't know what set us off on the topic. He's 15. He's, he's a bit of a sponge right now trying to understand how the world works, and I'm trying to pour into him my experience from it and see if, if I can help assist him in his growth along the way. And we were talking about the importance of being able to sell and communication. And he said, well, all sales is manipulation. And I said, well, I could understand your viewpoint on that because there are a lot of tactics. And what we're talking about right now is a lot of tactics and tactics lead to manipulation. And I said, but truly great leaders have to sell everybody on their vision and they're not manipulating people when they're truly great leaders. They are influencing and leading. And the difference between manipulation and influence and leading when it comes to how you act, the language that you use and your intention is that manipulation, the sole goal is to get people to do what you want them to do for your benefit. But influence and leadership is communicating and acting in a way where everybody gets to benefit from taking part in a bigger vision but you probably get to benefit just a little bit more than everybody else because you're the one leading the charge. And when you look at your business and the language and the communication and the culture and all these different other elements that make it work, it's really important to ask yourself, is, is it a business built on manipulation or is it a business built on leadership and influence? Because I can tell you this, you can very successfully get to a certain level through manipulation and tactics, and it works, don't get me wrong, but you'll never get to your true potential if you stay in that vein, instead of taking the next step up to true influence and leadership. Yeah, it, th that's exactly it. That's what we're talking about here today, right? Is the is language can be used to, to attract or divide. So your example was attracting language, my examples before are division language. Right? Well, mis and all of those things misrepresentation, were misrepresentation, misuse, misdirection. They were all manipulation. Yes, they were exactly right. So, you know, again, you might be like a little squirm, a little sque squeamish listening to this or, or uncomfortable, but don't have that, don't have that 
feeling. You, there should be no judgment. It, the only thing you should want, really as a human being, is truth and transparency. That's it. It doesn't matter Republican. It doesn't matter Democrat. It doesn't matter public health agencies, doctors. It doesn't matter business, sales, like you said, manipulation, persuasion. All you should want is truth and transparency. And that's that to me creates unity is what it creates. And we're not getting much of that lately. Well, and I like like your example that we bring up often with the X3 bar, right? Yeah, we'll go, into, we'll go into some business examples here in a few minutes, I, I promise. Right. And, and, you know, when you look at his a lot of his advertising campaigns, the initial grab you is disruptive and a little bit divisive. Yes. Right? Okay. Because he says things along the lines of why weightlifting is a complete waste of time. Well, that's the title of the book. So we're talking okay. right now about about the X3 bar, which is a piece of fitness equipment, just to give context here, that I use for two years straight now. Aaron uses periodically. That is really, uh, it's probably the, the one of the biggest selling sales show, one of the biggest selling pieces of equipment right now because they're getting results. And his use of language is very strategic, Aaron. So not to interrupt you, but to give context, that's the title of the book. Right. And so he draws you in. And I remember when you saw this title or whether, I don't know gotta, if it was in an ad a copy or a of the book. book or, or, hold on. Whatever, it instantly triggered you, and and I know that it instantly triggered you because we got on before one of our shows, and and you you talked about how triggered you were when you saw it, because you've been a gym rat since you were 15 years old. It's it's what allowed you to achieve things like playing wide receiver in in the NCAA for Hofstra and all these other things. Is that you've built your your physical prowess through consistent weightlifting for the last 30 years. Yes. So to correct. see something like that instantly triggered you, but he drew you in and but then it, it triggered shifts. an emotion too. You know what the first emotion was, Aaron? Um, denial and uncomfort. Right. Discomfort, which Absolutely. I, I, I have really good awareness. I catch that. I don't let that fester. I go, why do I feel this way? What's the reason? Right. Some, should and, and I, should I, should I to, explore more? Right. And that's where you have to understand that you know, you talk about words being weapons, words have a desired response, right? There's the book. Weightlifting is a waste of time. What a pattern right? interrupt. Wow. It's a major pattern interrupt. However, he could have kept going down that road of manipulation and making nonsense up and blah, 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 blah. But he said, no, let me explain to you why. And he backed up his his stance with an enormous amount of science. Enormous, 200 plus peer reviewed studies to back it. Right, to say, look, I'm not trying to say you're dumb. I'm just trying to show you from a science perspective how you could do it better. Mm -hmm. And if you wanna buy into this vision, let's go down this road together. And, and what's happened is he's ended up making a bunch of zealots like you who can't help but talk about it. Right, right. And, and that's, that's, that language can, can maybe come across as manipulative because I think we can probably admit weightlifting is not a waste of time. But what I've come to learn is that it's absolutely a waste of time for most people, but not all people. Weightlifting is really, the, the more you dig into the science of his program, which is variable resistance training, by the way, this is one of the longevity secrets of Tom Brady at 45 still playing is he removed himself from the weight room about 10 years ago to preserve his joints. 
but yet to still maintain strength and longevity, hint, 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 success leaves clues, right? So the biggest reason I went down this path was because I'm such a big Tom Brady fan of what he does, right? Um, but the point right there is, is that's a, that's a disruptive use of language. But if you can back it, this is the key. The stuff we talked about before, you, they, you can't back anything. Everything is pure fraud. He actually, I, I love the science. And like, it took me a while, Aaron, to go, wait, whoa, time out. I love weightlifting. Uh, like you said before, I've been in the gym since I'm 14. I'm addicted to it. I love the iron. I've loved the, the preparation when I was playing football. I loved the preparation of the weight training in the offseason. Most guys hated it. I enjoyed it. I love making progress and keeping track and doing all this. So this, this took me some time to even be receptive to it. But again, because I feel I have good awareness, I said, well, there must be something to it if Brady's down this path and I'm seeing these results. By the way, the third-party validation is through the ceiling. So when you have third-party validation, aka testimonials and case studies in your business model, Aaron, which you and I know is a game changer, I'm seeing all of these transformational success stories across the internet and I'm going... Well, you know, a lot of those people were really fat. Now they're skinny because they just got on a program in the first place. So there's that a little bit of denial there, but it's the science and the peer-reviewed studies and the credibility, by the way, of the inventor, who, by the way, created OsteoStrong with Tony Robbins, which became the most successful osteoporosis machine and program in the world. And there's something like 300 locations of this OsteoStrong right now. So the story was amazing of how they fell into the X3 bar by creating an osteoporosis machine that, that, that helps strengthen bones. There's really a lot of science behind the bone, um, the ability to create bone strength, which for everybody that makes, as we, as we age, bone strength is huge. So to, to go into all that and not just throw a stone and leave it there is really the mark of, of a champion, right? Is, is, is the backing of it and the studies and the science and the validation and the proof. We talk a lot about proof on the show. You've got to be able to prove what you say, right? Everything we've talked about thus far, there's no proof of any of it. There's nothing. In fact, all of those efficacy studies were coming from the vaccine manufacturers. These are <laughs> pure insanity, right? Not one independent third-party study. His stuff, like he says it in the book, if variable resistance training was not better than weightlifting, and weightlifting was better, I'd be doing a book on weightlifting. But the science gave me the answer. He's a big carnivore guy, by the way. Another controversial topic, carnivore diet, meaning, yep. meaning primarily meat. All we hear about is plant-based, plant-based, plant-based today, which is fine. But primarily, he's, he said, I am a carnivore guy. I am all meat. Pretty much that's it. And if the science said that vegan was the way to go, I'd be writing about vegan in my book, but it's just not there. I mean, that's, that's called true, independent, non-emotional, non-cognitive dissonance, non-judgmental. Just give me truth and transparency. Give me the proof. And there you go. Like if you can somehow, like, I guess, is it mature? Is it maturity, Aaron? If you can somehow like grow yourself to the level of just staying in the middle and seeking truth and transparency and not getting pulled in any direction, I just feel like you're less stressed and way more sharp. Uh, yeah, I think you have to take a step back much like you do in whether it's the information you choose to consume or in the information you choose to put out in the world and take some time to actually evaluate it to see where it really lands on the truth scale and remove your biases, whether they be, you know, personal or, or political or geocentric 
and and ask yourself if what you're putting out there is manipulation or it's leadership driven and on the other side of it what you're consuming that you're allowing to dictate your actions in your life is it manipulation or is it influence driven and that unfortunately takes a little bit of research and most people don't want to take the time they want to accept things at face value which is why media has almost completely fallen off a cliff because you know back in you know 50 years ago like the news was the real news they, and now it's Aaron, a business they, they that's, did that's, what they, they did what we just said they had no political bias they were in the middle yep. there was no emotion they didn't take the payoff by the way when you see you know when you see our media our media in the US Aaron is very divided like like I always use mm-hmm. the example of CNN and Fox News like CNN mm-hmm. is all the way to the left Fox is all the way to the right they both yep. say some things that are correct. They both say some things that are incorrect. But I can tell you right now, deep, deep, deep into this, that CNN does not report at all on things that are problematic. They won't talk about a recession. They won't talk about illegal immigration. They won't talk about how this Inflation Reduction Act does not talk about. They won't ha- They won't bring anybody from Big Pharma on for some reason, and it shouldn't be this way, and there is no stance for any station. Fox News is begging to have the tough conversations. They're begging to talk to guys like Fauci. They're begging to ask people like the CDC director, Walensky, why do you think you got it? Come on to the show. Let's debate. Let's talk about what we were told and let's talk about where we, they will not come to the table. They beg and plead on a weekly basis to just have a conversation and they're either deplatformed, censored, or removed from social media. I can tell you a decorated doctor, by the way, I'm very connected to the, to the functional medicine community. A decorated doctor yesterday was removed from Facebook for wanting the results of the vaccine after a year and a half of distribution. I want to know the results. Since there were no clinical trials, I want to know, since you guys were the clinical trial, what are the results with a couple billion people vaccinated removed from Facebook? Aaron, I cannot make this stuff up. Removed from Twitter, removed for wanting the data. The FDA tried to say, we'll get it to you in 75 years. They got pulled into court for saying that, by the way, language. I remember. Right? Insane. I don't mean to keep veering off into that topic, but that has uprooted society so badly, right? This The, the whole COVID thing that it, I keep going back there. But I digress, right? We get back into X3. Um, there's a really horrible example I want to share here that just- Nah, really, don't do that. No, no, let's I'm going to in a minute. But, but let, let's go back. Not, not in a horrible, like in a bad way, but just like you got to be aware of this stuff, right? They're, they're really digging deep. Um, another example I want to give is with a product that we created recently within our company. And um, it's a product that assists business owners with their online listings, aka their reputation, right? You're, how, how, do you, how do you show up online? And I converted that product name into- you know, it was like an online listings manager to a reputation manager because we we want our reputation, right, to be as good as it possibly can be online. And if that service can help you enhance your image, your credibility, and your reputation, then it's more meaningful that it's a reputation management software than it is just some, I don't know, technical online well, what, listing the software. The word listing doesn't, yeah, doesn't like it's mean kind of boring anything to, me, to anybody. Right? So I, I use language in a way that would be more compelling. Same result, same end product. It does what it, it, it does just that. It's not like I'm using a, a title, but it doesn't do that, right? That's the key is can your language be more attractive and can it be more exciting? Can it be more interesting? Yeah, I actually had a, I had a guy actually text me right before this that's asking for a little bit of coaching from me. And he said, the name of my business is Brands That Last. But 
then when you reviewed it, you said, what does that mean? Brands that last, it doesn't tell me what kind of business it is. So he, he services like the home, the home services industry, right? Like yep. your, your plumbers, your roofers, your whatever. So he quickly went out and bought the URL home services marketing pro. Well, if he's marketing to those types of people, those blue collar industries, what do you think is going to make more sense to somebody who looks at what he has home services, marketing pro or brands that last? Right? They're two very definitive differences when it comes to language and how it's going to land with the end user. Yeah, that, and that's a big one is, is how do I position my company and my brand? Right? Is it a name that attracts or is it a name that confuses, which I think is, is more than anything today is, is what happens is you get into your own head, you, know, you start using names that are cool to you, but not necessarily that cool or that hip to the audience and the audience zones out. So use of language when it comes to your brand, your messaging, your unique selling proposition, we've done whole shows on this, uh, is, is critical, right? Getting that, getting, getting the language to not only be about you, but to be about them and to be about what, what excites them. We talked earlier about entering the conversation in the prospect's mind, but doing it ethically, doing it in a transparent way. And that is really the key. So again, this is about being able to recognize, right? Language that could be, used to attract or used to divide. I think if you don't recognize language, you can be abused by language. And I think it can spill into a lot of areas. There's one last thing I want to share. And I'm reading this in one of my newsletters that is just mind numbing to me. And I really only see this happening in the United States. By the way, I'm anxious to get your take on it. But in this, there's problems like this in a lot of our universities now. This is becoming, you know, a little bit of, of where there's smoke, there's fire, right? So there's a college professor. I don't know his name. He wrote a book and put out a YouTube video and is advocating that we end the use of the word pedophile or child predator. He wants to end the use of those words, Aaron, because the terms stigmatize. <laughs> and he, hold, I'm not done. You can't make this up. It's not. <laughs> hold on, Aaron. And he wants to replace them with a term called minor attracted person. So you're wow. no longer a pedophile. You're no longer the bottom of the human race. You're now just, because I don't want to offend you, you're just a minor attracted person. And the fact that he still has a job at this university should concern all of us. I, I'm speechless. This is, I wish I could say it was a made up story, but this is the kind of stuff that is happening all over the United States right now. And it's now slipping in to our children, our kids, our next generation. And if it doesn't piss you off to no end, you better wake the F up sooner or later because frankly, and I'm going to make a political statement right now, this is all coming from the left, not the right. And this is an election year. And you better know who's using language and letting it spill into how it affects our kids. And you better wake the F up because this can't compound. It's just too damaging. Yeah, at some place. You're speechless and I don't blame you, man. I, I, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, there's, there's so many bad jokes it, I could make in my head right now. It, like, <laughs> you know, if I'm a serial killer, I'm not a serial killer anymore. I'm just a blood attracted person. I'm a pain attracted person. You know, I'm a devastation attracted. What are we talking about right now? At what levels does the stupidity stop? It, exactly. And that's the thing. I mean, you've got to be hyper alert today, right? Again, I said in the beginning of the show, we're going to veer off a little bit, but again, this is sales language. 
is what it is. Everything we're talking about. Oh, these about are is, all like selling tactics. Like politics, used to politicians people. have to sell you on their their bills. Business owners need to sell you on their product. The public health agencies need to sell you on what they think you should do, even though they shouldn't be involved. Right? This is all. I think it's important to know that all of it is salesmanship, and the better you are at recognizing it, the better you can protect yourself. Number one, but more so from a business standpoint, we'll leave off with the lesson is. When you understand how to use language the right way for the right purposes, ethically, truthfully, in a transparent way, you win long term. And that is the key to businesses. But you got to be able to recognize the bad with the good. You can't just pretend the bad isn't happening. You have to be pragmatic about this, right? You have to understand what is divisive language, what is attractive language, because A, I want to be able to protect myself from it. I want to learn. I want to know. I want truth. But I also want to be able to use it to my advantage because salesmanship is all about communication and language, communication and language. Those are the big two. And I think more than anything else, when we're working with private clients, doing training, speaking on stage, and you said this with your son, it's all about how do we make you a better communicator, right? How do we put you in a, in a situation where you're more persuasive and you're a better communicator and you attract, you don't deter. That is true salesmanship at the end of the day. And it begins with language. So this use, misuse and abuse of language to me, it's such a, I don't know, I, I think I'm a hyper noticer of it because we're in this communication, selling, persuasion space, Aaron, that I think it's, it's almost like if you're a car salesperson and you're in the car industry, you notice like every little detail about a car when it drives by. But if you're not in that industry, you like miss a whole bunch. So I think yep. that because we're so close to language and communication and persuasion that we see it and it's maybe, at least to me, it's I'm more sensitive to it. You agree? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think you've always been more sensitive to it than I am. I kind of look at it and go, man, that's insane. These people are all crazy. I can't believe anybody's falling for this. Where you, you take it a lot more personal. I think maybe that's because you live I don't, there. Listen, let me, let me backtrack. When I say sensitive, I don't mean sensitive like I'm taking it personal. I mean sensitive to it as in I notice it keenly. Yeah. We notice it way more because we're constantly writing. That's so we notice it way more, but I think you actually get impacted by it. You more know what I get impacted I do, the most you're by in it, the middle of it. You know what I get impacted the most by it? When I watch the sheer abuse of language take place and when I just watch the sheer lying, but you know what it really, you know when it really gets me between the, between the eyes is when it affects our kids. Yep. I agree. That's when you start like this pedophile example. I mean, that's just one of many. I mean, the, the, the governor of California is, was trying to pass a law earlier this year, Aaron. Again, you can't make this stuff up. He actually tried to pass a law, the dictator in California, Governor Newsom. He is no different than, who's your guy in Canada? Trudeau? Trudeau. They're cut from the same cloth. They're cut from the same cloth. He tried to pass a law. I don't know if they passed it because California is like its own country at this point. That if you are a 12-year-old child, you no longer need parental consent to take a vaccine. Aaron, 12 years old. I, I got an 11 year old. You've got 15, 18, 10. Don't need to talk to your parents. You can just like roll up your sleeve walking down the hall at 12 and a half on a Wednesday afternoon. No idea what's in it. No idea where it came from. No idea if it's tested, but the government said so. Could you imagine what kind of human being you'd need to be to even spend time? All the things California has to worry about, by the way. There's a lot. Heart states in crisis right now. They're trying to pass bills to give 12-year-olds the ability to override parents. 12, not 18, not even 15, 12. This is what they're working on. This is fact. 
You can't make this stuff up. And they're grooming this guy right now for 2024 to run against most likely Ron DeSantis. They're grooming him. They're testing the waters with this kind of shit right now. No recognition of biology, no recognition of science, no recognition of the parent-child the parent relationship. It is just sheer disruption. Language. Destruction. That's when it gets me, man, is when it's about the kids. Well, I think it was a good episode. You got to get some things off your chest and, and open some eyes to things that maybe people weren't realizing that they're either being manipulated or maybe in the, the language and messaging that they're using that they're being manipulative you know, and, and help everybody raise the bar to raise a better the level. Bar, baby. That's what it should be all about. There should be no division. There should be just seeking truth and transparency so that we can all raise the bar. Couldn't agree more, buddy. Great show. I'm going to wrap it there. All episodes, past episodes of Sales Velocity TV and radio folks are at salesvelocitytv.com. I'm Andrew. That's Aaron. This one is a wrap. We will see you on the next one over and out. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Sales Velocity TV is powered by Pipeline Pro, the ultimate all-in-one sales pipeline management and marketing automation platform that makes all others obsolete. And we can prove it. Take a tour at gopipelinepro.com. See you on the next episode.